it's our annual holiday show. As you can see the decorations, I'm in a little Christmas sweater. Go Rangers. I missed that. That was on nah, me. Nah, I, hit the court. I got the cool. Yankees uh, snow hat. I'm going to wear it like the Grinch today. No, I'm kidding. It's in my face. Yeah, What's up, everybody? I like it. <laughs> Week 15 is in the books. A, a Not a victory Monday. We've been saying it the past couple weeks. Uh, might get a victory twos. The Saints uh, make an embarrassment of Tommy DeVito and the Giants. Is the run over? We will have some thoughts on that. If you are watching this episode and this Week 15 reactions on YouTube, make sure to drop a like, comment, and do not forget to hit that subscribe button. And if you're watching, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, do us a big favor. All you got to do is go to the bottom, give us those ratings. They help a long, long way. It is another Monday. It's the conclusion of Week 15. And our Monday guy is here, Kill Kenny. What's up? Two moods. Uh, give us a shout out on that. Like, we'd love to try that. We gotta hear about it. Dude, again, I got, I got a case coming for you guys. Uh, drink, drink two moods. Uh, it'll be available in pretty much every beer store in in the PA area, probably within a couple of months. If you're at Penn State, go uh, go to a Penn State game, basketball game, football game, or hockey game. It's in all three stadiums. Pretty pretty awesome. That's that's, that's sort of our yeah. that's our golden ticket right now. But yeah, we've got black cher- black cherry, pink lemonade, and pineapple. It's a vodka seltzer and two moods. Then there's there's two variations of each flavor. You got the chill at four percent. You got the thrill at eight percent and the thrill are, are dangerously delicious so I'll get, I'll get you guys hooked up with some some of them but uh but yeah man it's it's my buddy's company i i've been helping him with it and uh, i'm i'm very excited this shit's really good oh yeah i can't wait to try it we have a a huge slate that we're going to cover today obviously a lot that happened in the nfl world yesterday games we're going to be covering uh, a little bit more intensively than the others the cowboys and the bills what's going on with dak are there can we can we say that the cowboys are, are not the most feared team anymore. Is it the 49ers? The Eagles regain the NFC East with the Cowboys' loss yesterday. Big win for the Lions, 42-17 over the Broncos. A primetime over. W- like, when were we going to say that? And then, obviously, Jake Browning with the huge comeback win for the Bengals on our fun, fun Saturday slate. And also, cannot wait to see the picks that Kenny has for the uh, Monday night game of the Seahawks and the Eagles. And if you guys remember... From the last time the Eagles had a Monday night game against the Chiefs, Kenny gave out Jalen Hurts to score. He also had two. That was a big cast for him. So whatever he's given us tonight for the Eagles game on Monday night, we are absolutely tailing. Monday uh, let's kick things off here. We'll start with the Cowboys and the Bills. The Bills in a rainy, rainy game. We're going to talk a lot about the rushing yards in this game. The Cowboys could not get the running game going. Bills just attacking 266 on the ground compared to 89 for the Cowboys. And a big 31-10 to 10 win, like I said, knocking the Cowboys out of NFC East right now. And the, the Eagles get that, that number one spot there, which would now put them in that home game and give the, the Dallas Cowboys probably Tampa Bay going to Tampa. What, what are your thoughts on this one, Kenny? Uh, big game for James Cook. I needed Diggs to get in the end zone. My fantasy team got crushed. I'm out of the playoffs now. 61 Ooh. points in a $250 buy-in league. 61 points in the, in the biggest game of the year. Unbelievable! Diggs didn't do. Oh wait, I, I I I saw that, and the the team you were playing against laid an egg too. I mean, uh, the, the, opposite, the opportunity five, was there. Minus five for the Chargers defense on Thursday night. I'm like, oh my god, I'm moving on, and all I have to do is win this week, and then win or lose next week, and literally I have a shot to get my money back or move on to the championship and get all the big money. So I don't know, just like fantasy's tough. Twelve man auction league. People were like, there was one dude in the comments that was like, two shitty ass teams. I'm like, dude, it's a twelve man auction league. I'm dealing with a bunch of injuries this year. The fact that I was able to get in the playoffs was was good enough. But yeah, give me some thoughts on on the Bills here, Dak man. Is, is he now out of the MVP race? Yes, but I don't think it's because of this performance. And I think it's just, it, it's this in combination with just what Purdy has done the last couple of weeks. I mean, I think it's just, it, at this point, I think it's over. It's just, it's it's Purdy's. I think I think Dak, the Cowboys needed to win this game and Dak needed to show out, I think, to 
stay in the conversation and make it maybe a 50-50 race between him and Purdy. But I think you can you can slam the door on it. Yeah, it's over. Brock Purdy will win the MVP. Um, this game didn't really surprise me. I was I was surprised by sort of where the line closed. I think the Bills opened at minus two and a half, and then it, it got down to I think it closed at one and a half. So there was money on Dallas. I had no faith on Dallas coming into this game. I mean, it, it looked like just a a pretty classic letdown spot to begin with. It was their first game on the road after three straight games at home. They'd been rolling. Going into Buffalo, bad weather. Buffalo's never an easy place to play to begin with against a fired-up Bills team that just, like, needed this fucking win. So I, I felt pretty good about the Bills the, the whole way. So, like, I'm not coming out of this feeling any really any different about my, my perception of the Cowboys other than, hey, like, they clearly play a whole lot better at home than they play on the road here. Um, For the Bills, dude, like – like James Cook might be the most like underappreciated guy in the league over over the last over the last two months. I mean, he, this guy has just been cooking. Last <laughs> cooking. I didn't didn't even try to do that by the way. <laughs> just sometimes it just happens. You're just you're just that good. Last five games, averaging 137 scrimmage yards a game. Last five games. That's nuts. He's got four TDs uh, in those five games. Three of them are receiving. He has been tremendous catching the ball. Uh, you know, out of the backfield. This dude's a wagon. He is a true like workhorse number one. Um and like for a team that already had a lot of offensive weapons, the, the the first half of the season when the Bills were looking clunky, they never really let any of their running backs get into a rhythm. It was a pretty even split between Cook, Latavius Murray, da- even Damian Harris was getting some run before he got hurt. And once Harris went down, they finally started to lean on Cook a little more. And clearly that's just, that's the spark that this team needed. So uh, things are looking up in Buffalo. They're like, they're minus like 175 to make the playoffs. So Vegas thinks they're going to get in. They've got a couple more tough games to to sort of seal their fate here. But uh, the Buffalo Bills are, are back. They are all the way back. And I think this is the team that like if you're in if you're in the AFC, like you do not want to have to play the Bills that you know squeak into that to that that last wild card spot because like this team can like they have the ability to beat anybody in any game. It's just are they going to put it all together? A hundred percent can be anybody and. They've been kicking it up in the trenches on both sides of the ball in this game. Like that was really the big reason why the Cowboys couldn't get back into it. I'm pretty sure it was the they had a drive in the beginning of the third quarter. I'm pretty sure it was 14-3, which kind of put it away. And like Cowboys, really this year you would think it'd be a lot of Tony Pollard, but it's really been Dak in the passing game. And this game was just chalked. And you hit the nail on the head when we were talking about the letdown spot. This was a, I mean, I was a huge Bills fan coming into this game anyway, but you kind of just knew the Cowboys were gonna get hammered. I don't really. Like, I don't really have too much – like, I'm not really too mad at Dak, anyone on the Cowboys side. It's really, thank God, the Bills are finally getting going, and you do not want to see this team. Like, if you're in the AFC, especially if you're a team like Jacksonville or another one of these teams like Faltering, and you could play one of these late wildcard teams, I do not want to see Buffalo because they can literally beat you in any way, and they look very, very – I mean, they lost to us by three, beat the Chiefs, and then hammered the Cowboys. So they shown they can literally go to the toe-to-toe with anybody. They could end up giving anyone the AFC a run. So I don't want to see it. I do not want to see this team at all. I also, like, understand that it was rainy and wet and this, that, and the other, whatever that case may be. But it's exciting to see for the Dallas haters that you can run all over this team if you if you really want to. I mean, I, I guess that that was the game plan when it started raining. Everyone was going to run the ball. Only have 94 yards in passing from Josh Allen. Only 15 attempts. So, yes, we knew that the, that was going to be the run game with the weather. But still, that's, that's still crazy to see that we're allowing this much on the ground. And, obviously, what you're talking about with James Cook, still getting two it's touchdowns on the day. I mean, whoever started him, speaking of fantasy, whoever started him in their fantasy playoffs. About me, me. Me, me and my me and my dad share a team, and we need we needed a we needed a decent game from Cook to 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 lock us up for next week. And at halftime, I'm like, yeah, we're good. Yeah, well, it seems like that was the case too. And if, if you look at the last three games for the Bills too, 
it's the Chargers and then the Patriots, and then you finish the end of the year with the Dolphins. And sitting at eight and six now, hovering with the Bengals, the Colts, and the Texans all at eight and six. Um, I mean, we've been talking for the past, I think it's two or three weeks now, what this race has looked like and how crazy it's going to be down the stretch and what teams are going to end up making it in. I'm just excited to see. I hope the Bills get in for narrative's sake, if they can go make a run at the Chiefs again. Obviously, with, with Trevor Lawrence going down last night with, in the concussion protocol, is C.J. Beathard going to get the, the start against the Bears next week? Are they going to fall out of it now? I mean, they're still fighting for the division, but do you kick them out if the Texans can now move up or even the Colts? The fact that we have AFC South teams, three out of the four, in contention there to get in is, is wild enough to say. Thanks, but Hattel. I would like to see the Bills get in for sure. And then I think the just the one takeaway from this, I think just from a betting perspective, like I, I've been treating him like this for the last couple of weeks, and I'm surprised that his price just hasn't moved. But like you got to start giving Josh Allen just the Jalen Hurts anytime touchdown treatment. Yeah, if you're getting yeah. Josh Allen, if you get if you see Josh Allen at plus money for a touchdown, it's just it's an auto bet going forward. He's got 11 touchdowns in his last 12 games. I mean, he is just he's 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 literally automatic. It's now yeah, they're not drawing up the tush push every time they're at the one yard line like they do for Hurts. But again, the guy is just a touchdown machine and. I think they were hanging him at like plus one forty close to game time yesterday. If you see him with a plus sign next to his name, just 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 bet it and don't think it because he's getting in every single game. Yeah, I mean yesterday's just an insane performance from him. And I saw I know in a parlay I saw B Matt had him. You're right with the whole taking him for plus money. Um, I mean it's it's now the the from NFL and CBS here. Josh Allen has ten games this season with a passing touchdown and a rushing touchdown. That is most in a single season in NFL history. So yeah, it goes to the point. Just taking him for a rushing touchdown. Honestly, didn't think he was going to get in there, but it looks like going off the hurt standpoint, like you're saying with the goal line running back, no, he is that one yard guy. You need one yard, just jump over the top. He could have had two because the first drive, he should have had two. Yeah, they tried to run the QB draw for him. He got tripped and then they gave it to Latavius Murray. Good for Latavius Murray. He keep hamming it with Josh Allen, bro. Like, come on. He was like, he had a clear lane. It looked like he was in a high step in. He got tripped. He stumbled for a second. Then, yeah, he went down at like the half yard line. And then, you know, old ass Latavius Murray came in with the vulture. All right, let's move to the Lions game. And then we'll start to, I want to just have some quick thoughts here on on Brock Purdy and and this race uh but the Lions on Saturday night let's let's talk about though that though that that fun Saturday slate Vikings Bengals to kick it off then we get a little weird one with the Steelers and the Colts uh, I want to highlight that before we jump to the Lions that hit on Michael Pittman was just ugly enough I understand like like it's a bang bang play it's tough to let up with the momentum going for that diving hit there but I mean Let's. I was watching the game, listening to the announcers talk about it, and they're like, "It's not like Gardner Minshew gave him any help. Like yeah. he kind of no. left him out there to dry. He dove. He dove. He caught it's it. He had the ball. ball, and then just the weird way that he got his neck in that position. I'm just surprised that he was able to walk off and and get himself up off of that. But that was a, a kind of a weird game there. 30-13 for the Colts in that win, put moving them now to eight and six, like we were just talking about in that race in the AFC South. And then we get the big Lions game, 42 to 17. Sam Laporta carrying Jared Goff. First since Matt Stafford in uh, 2014 for this Lions franchise. Five touchdowns. Something also to take note of there. Uh, five touchdowns and less than 300 yards. That's the big thing that stood out for me. Um, and then Gibbs. This is our, our, our pick. This is the guy that we were all hyped about. We, we finally got our guy trading away Swift. And, well, <laughs> we see him getting me in the end zone. 100 yards on the day. You had your Amon Ross St. Brown call. What would you like out of this game? Uh, another one that I just I, I just didn't ver- didn't really surprise me. I think this this closed at at four and a half. And again, I didn't get a whole lot right this weekend, but I feel like just this game, I, I the whole week I thought the Lions were going to just decimate Denver. And I feel like a lot of people 
just because you've got the Lions coming off a couple of couple of weak performances. You've got Broncos, Broncos country on sort of the heater that they were on. But just this lined up for what I believe was going to be a Detroit ass whooping. I think just from sort of just it, both situations that both teams were coming in, like the same way that the Cowboys, it, it came off like a letdown spot. This felt like a get right spot for Detroit and a letdown spot for Denver. And then on top of that, just like schematically, it couldn't have worked out any better for the Lions. The the Broncos run mostly cover three on the defense. And that's the one defense Goff has just for his entire career has just totally picked apart. And that was sort of, that was why I liked the, 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 uh, the St. Brown 25 each half. It's just like the middle of the field is going to be wide open. He's going to feed him and him and Laporta end up feasting. They combined for 12 catches, 170 yards and four touchdowns. It's like, yeah, that, that'll probably get it done. Yeah, a lot of people were. I saw a lot of people like on Twitter and some of these ads were buying into the Broncos, like a plus five, I think it was. And they were kind of making it scrappy to begin with. And then once Laporta got in for the first touchdown, like golf got comfortable and it just the floodgates opened up. And this is kind of what you see when it with, with the Lions because then you have like the Jameer Gibbs thing. And I, I hate to go back to college, but like Bill O'Brien has to look at what he does now in the NFL. I'm like, damn, I just misused the fuck out of this guy when I had him at Bama because he just gets the ball every single time with the Lions and just goes off. This is a big statement win for those guys, especially with, like, I mean, their money towns, just Motown, they always handle business in there. But just going forward, I think the Lions, they look nasty on defense as well. They were flying around physical on defense, which is a part of them I feel like is underrated. And just going to playoffs, getting moving like this, the Lions could, they still, I don't think they're touching the Eagles or the 49ers, and I don't think they're really touching the Cowboys either. But anything can happen in the playoffs, and they're still making sure we have them there, making sure they can make, they can have, they, they're going to have their say. I, I ain't done sleep on the lines yet. Yeah, you're right it, about that. With the- it shows you, it shows you how like how powerful like recency bias is though. When when True. when people when people evaluate teams, like I was I was at a fa- like one of my family parties on, on Saturday when, when this game is about to start, and like all my older cousins are there. You know, the whole family's gamblers. We all sports bet. We're all in. We've all got fantasy. It's just it's it's that that kind of family. And like every single one of my cousins liked Denver. Like every one of them thought Denver money line, Denver with the points. Really? And I was just like. Every single yeah, Denver was was I think Denver just felt like you know at least who I was talking Denver felt popular and I just again I, I thought the Lions were gonna were gonna come in and steamroll them it just like it and the, the streak Denver's on man the way that they want to win games they want to get a lead they want to give Javante Williams the ball eighty times they want to and they want to grind out a win they they can't they don't have the firepower to compete in a in a shootout in a game like this and the second Detroit's up fourteen I mean the game is over because there's just there's no answer for it yeah and you have. Lions now seeking first division title since 1993. Also, something I want to go back on from a couple of weeks ago, where I said that the the Eagles are far and away, you know, on top of the Lions. I think they're the Lions, at least from my point of view, are starting to close that gap a little bit from other teams. Defense looks insane. Aiden Hutchinson, we can't shine more light on that guy and and what he's done for that defense. I think they are at least from my perspective, I think the Lions are starting to close that gap as one of those top teams that are, can really be deadly and, and scary in the playoffs. And I don't know. I mean, they, they'd get that, that they won't get the bye, but they get the division. They get the home game. Exactly. And, and we saw how lights out that crowd was as on Saturday night. As long as they can play at Motown, bro. You know what I mean? Lions look good, and, and that's something that, that we definitely have to, to you know look towards especially when we get to the playoffs. You look at their remaining schedule, it's it's two divisional games. You go in Minnesota, in Dallas on that Saturday, Saturday night after Christmas at uh, 8.15, and then you know, they're home to end the year against the Vikings. So two divisional matchups there. We don't know if it's going to be Dobbs. God, go fucking Lions. I mean, that's going to be a fun game too. Like <laughs> I, might put a jersey, I might put a jersey on for that bitch. I mean, that, that's going to be – you talk about – you know, Kenny, you started that narrative a couple of weeks ago of like what we're going to see down the stretch of these regular season games that feel like playoff games. 
that's one right there. Cowboys on December 30th, 8-15. Cowboys uh, yep. hosting the Lions. That's an easy playoff game right there and see if the Cowboys can actually, you know, I guess get a the start of what playoff, you know, game time feel would feel like because last year obviously getting shit on by the 49ers. Um, all right, and then let's touch on uh, – before we I go to uh, Brock Purdy, let's touch on that Vikings game uh, and that the Bengals game, the, the huge comeback for the Bengals, winning this one 27-24. Big, big win there, and, and it was kind of cold, a little ugly game. It hasn't The weather hasn't been that great in Cincinnati these past couple weeks, uh, especially getting cold like we saw last week where Burrow's putting Browning's family up, up in the box in the suite. But how about the the highlight of the game? The highlight catch with 46 seconds to go in the game, the tie the game from T. Higgins. Let's also remember, this is a guy that's going to go into free agency this year. And as a Giants fan, I'm saying to these guys, go get a standout receiver. Look at Ayuk <laughs> as well. Look at Ayuk as well, who's going into free agency as well. Can he? Can they get these two guys? What did you like from this game? Jake Browning screaming, throwing his helmet. You saw the clip. I love that shit. I, I stopped, I, you wish you didn't fucking cut me. Stop fucking cutting me. So I like the energy there. Maybe they found their guy to uh, make a little push in the playoffs dude you gotta just you know not a game we need to talk about a whole lot but we keep talking about the Bengals and you just have to give credit three and three and oh without Burrow when they, they again they were written off as dead by me by by literally everybody and they just keep finding they just keep finding ways to win now I don't want to give them like all the credit in the world I mean like, yeah it was uh it was a tremendous comeback they shouldn't have put themselves in in that position to begin with I mean this Minnesota team just I mean just looked bad Nick Mullins did not look good he was throwing it up really like that that the one uh the, the, the one play to Addison was just the most brain dead throw of all time that ended up just working out in his favor. I mean, like Mullins just Mullins looked bad. Cincinnati should have won this game comfortably. But again, man, three and three and out without Burrow, eight and six. They're sitting there right, right in the thick of the playoff hunt. Got to give credit to Zach Taylor for just revamping this offense and sort of changing their their offensive style to at least at least give Browning, I think, a, a chance to compete here. So good for Cincinnati. Good for Cincinnati. I don't know if they're going to make the playoffs, but they've done everything they needed to do in Burrow's absence to, to stay alive and keep the people of Cincy excited. Nah, for a moment, he's got to wait. I think on that same driver talking about with the touchdown, did he th- that was the pick six that got called back too. So he was just, yep, yep. he was on some bullshit. But I actually want to give tip my cap to Jake Browning because the last two weeks of winning games, and I'm like, yo, look at Joe Mixon. Like it kind of shows Joe Mixon stepping up, but when they were down, like he started finding uh, Jake Brown, started finding Jamar Chase, started finding T. Higgins, and actually making throw after throw on the final drive. Um, the the one where T. Higgins like the crazy catch. There was like a second or third, like a medium hit T. Higgins on a corner. The play before that, and he was just putting the ball in the right place, finding Jamar Chase over the middle. Like I gotta tip my cap to Jake Browning, and then T. Higgins just showing he's different. Like I feel like. There was that interview, I think it was at a camp or maybe in the preseason when he was trying to talk about, like, they were saying, do you think you're number one? There was kind of that dialogue going on, which I hate when they do that. But I think ever since that happened, T. Higgins kind of had that chip on his shoulder. And good to see him show out because he's going to get paid. And he about to get paid real soon. And I don't yes, know if it's yes, going to be the Bengals. Is, is <laughs> no, I don't know my either. take on that. I don't think it's going to be the Bengals. And you look, too, like, I, I, I'm liking the continued usage. I know it was a little bit on the, the weaker side yesterday from – uh, from Joe, or Saturday from Joe Mixon, another touchdown for him. He's got eight on the year. He got four in the last four games. You look at another running back that is exceeding expectations this year as far as getting in the end zone. That's Raheem Mostert, 19 touchdowns on the year with two yesterday, and that's the most that he's had in his entire career, and he's now doubled that with 19 this year. Crazy to see, and of course, couldn't happen to a hotter team right now with the Miami Dolphins without Tyreek Hill yesterday. Something crazy to take note of from, you know, the running backs in the end zone. Not seeing a lot yesterday. You know, we saw Bijan 
kind of laying a duck. We saw Saquon <laughs> kind of laying a duck. Obviously, the Giants weren't there. Um, some things yeah, I want to. How, how did you feel about every time your boy got sacked yesterday? The, the, the oh Saints, the Saints, the Saints hitting that him with it. That was so funny. Uh, that was so funny. Was yeah. just, <laughs> just be thankful. Just be thankful that you played the Saints in 2023 and you didn't and you didn't play like the Jonathan Vilma Saints yeah. in 08. Because I guarantee you, Bet Doran Bounty Gate man, they would have had the oh, fattest bounty on Tommy DeVito. He he would have left yesterday. You would have left that game in a body bag if you if we were playing some some old school football. I mean, it was like it, in the in the third quarter they he had he already had seven sacks on him. So it just. <laughs> tough to see obviously we know what the it's going to be the same thing over and over what we see from these the draft out of the Giants the past five years it feel like feels like it, it almost feels more like 10 years draft an offensive lineman maybe get a receiver I mean you look at the receiving core for the Giants it's Darius Slayton you got Hyatt and Robinson I don't Waller came back he had a good 30 yard catch that was 30 of his 40 yards yesterday in his return I mean, I understand it's Tommy DeVito. I understand the line may be a little bit banged up, not having the starters in there, having Neil's not in there. I understand it. Like, it's just, it's getting just tougher I mean, dude, and tougher it, to like, watch. But, like, I think the the only the only thing that's been, I think, wrong about the like the, the Tommy DeVito, you know, run that he's been on is that it's it, it's given this, like, not even semblance of hope, but, like, this idea that, you know, maybe maybe this Giants team, like, isn't isn't awful. I'm not doing this to, like, to shit all over the Giants, but, like, the the team stinks. Like from top to bottom, the team is absolutely atrocious. Your offensive line is garbage, and you've got Darius Slayton playing like 80, 90 percent of the snaps every single game. Like they, they that's by him as the wide receiver one. That's not yet. That. Darius Slayton is your wide receiver one, and you've got Tommy DeVito at quarterback. Like the fact that he's won a single game is 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 miraculous. And I, and I think we said on on a couple shows ago, like yeah, the whole year for the Giants has been been a clear disappointment. But like I think expectations coming into the year were were just wrong. I mean, and I almost like. It's weird saying this as an Eagles fan, but I almost like feel bad for Dable almost because yeah. like you guys outkicked your coverage so much last year. You had no business being a playoff team last year. You guys squeak into the playoffs. Um, and and then I think that plus the Daniel Jones contract in the offseason, I think it just gave the gave like the perception of like, hey, you know, this team, this team might be might be pretty good this year. And coming into the year, you still had the youngest team in football, like by 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 far. Like youngest team in football by far. I you know pre-injury I know it's it doesn't it hasn't looked at times it's looked pretty bad but like I didn't have a problem with the Daniel Jones contract when you guys gave it to him like I mean it's you know in real time it sounded like astronomical you give it a year and as more quarterbacks get more contracts it's going to feel like cheaper and cheaper now he didn't look that great before the injury then he blows his knee out and then you're I'm sure second guessing the contract from that but like I thought like if I was a Giants fan I would have been happy with 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 the Daniel Jones contract I just think like you gotta you gotta have your quarterback locked in I think he's good enough to to build around but it just i think the expectations on this team were misguided coming into the year and then it's clearly gone as worse as, as bad as humanly possible well, i think you're right with with solidifying your quarterback that was the biggest thing with my con with with my take on the contract i didn't have a problem with the contract because now it's it, for me as a fan watching these drafts year after year it's are they going to draft another quarterback? Are they going to waste another top five, top 10 pick on another quarterback? And now that's even still a question that we're asking this year after the contract. I like the yeah. contract so much because only not really for the money, but because for the next four years, they actually have a solidified quarterback and then they can go in the draft and they, or in the off season in training camp, they can focus on everything else, but a new quarterback coming into a new system, got to learn with the new coaching staff. This is the second year using the same coaching staff with Kafka and you got Wink on defense. You got Joe up top and you got Dable at, at head coach. I mean, 
everything was aligning for the possibility of having a quarterback for the future. Not saying franchise, but a quarterback for the future and focus on some other things like the offensive line, like the receivers. And now, again, we're just looking at this like, well, Tommy DeVito's here, and we're hearing last week from Shannon Sharp on first take telling Stephen A., well, they should just put the, the QB uh, the QB job up for grabs next year and have Tommy DeVito and Daniel Jones compete for it. I don't think that's necessarily but, the case, but I understand it with going 3-0. Oh. Fine, but, like, okay, let let him compete. Okay, now it's over. Daniel Jones wins. He's your quarterback. Like, there 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 is no competition. Daniel Jones is one billion times better than, than Tommy DeVito. I don't care what the record should. Like, it's just – you have to just – what are your eyes telling you? Daniel Jones is better. And again, like again, not to turn this into like this whole like defense of Daniel Jones, but again, I, I just don't see how he was in any way like set up for success with the the makeup and overall construction of of this offense this year. I mean, like, hear me out. Take Daniel Jones and put him at quarterback for the Bengals instead of instead of Jake Browning. Like I think, I think the Bengals are still probably winning these games. Like you know, I, I it, there's just there's nothing for him to work with. The offensive line is awful. Your receiving core stinks. You have a hobbled Saquon who is just just not not what he was in his rookie year before all these injuries and it's just i like the only way that i think daniel jones like the only way this offense was going to have any success this year was i think daniel jones essentially doing it all himself which leads the daniel jones mistakes which is his downfall and it's just you get this this negative spiral effect so you know i'll say that uh i'm happy that i'm not a giants fan so i don't have to deal with these hypotheticals I'm so I'm just so incredibly thankful that I'm I I get the root for like a real football team as opposed to whatever they're doing up there in uh, in MetLife. But aside from that, um, you know, it'll be a fun off season. Yeah, I guess I guess there's something to root for. I'm seeing now, like, oh, go get Jaden, go get Jaden Daniels, or or go get go get anybody else. Go get go look at look at everybody in in this QB class coming in. I'm like, I don't really know if that's go get Caleb Williams. I don't, I don't know if that's. Drafting a some quarterback who can kick step really good and get some motherfuckers who can catch the ball. But also, it's almost like this team is just the injury bug. I mean, lost Graham Gano. Randy Bullock had to get pulled yesterday because he had a hamstring problem kick, doing a kickoff. And then you that have that Randy the, baby. You have the punter, the punter, the Scottish Hammer has to go kick a field goal to make it to give them their sixth point, their yeah, second field goal of the game after Randy in the first drive kicked a uh, a fifty six yarder, which was hype. And this is now the the they were. As they were driving, obviously they had that running into the kicker that gave him that first down. But as they were driving, they show on the screen a graphic where 21 games now, the Giants have not had a first drive touchdown. 21 games. It just goes to show a team that can't start with a lead by getting a touchdown certainly is going to have to claw from behind. And this team is a, a team that yeah, cannot claw from behind, even though they have a good enough defense to get some stops. I mean, the defense is doing it all. Wink's doing it all. I don't want to turn this into a giant show, but uh, it's just frustrating year year after year. I, I also just have to mention, like, maybe I'm just so much of a homer. Maybe I'm just so stupid. I genuinely thought that the Giants had a shot to win that game against the Saints. It's not like the Saints are anything crazy, but let's also not forget, Chris Olave was out yesterday too. So, like, you get their top weapon out. Alvin Kamara wasn't doing anything crazy. Defense was... I, I, the Saints, I think the Saints stink. The Saints stink. They had a shot. They, they certainly had a shot to win that game. It should not have been uh, kind of what a blowout was. And I guess now, like, I guess a lot of people are going to be the haters and say that this whole Tommy DeVito ride and, you know, is over. But Sean Stilato, I, I like seeing the, the suit and uh, getting inducted into the National Italian Sports Hall of Fame, wearing that suit. <laughs> 
Uh, <laughs> he, he's the guy. So uh, we'll, we'll give him the, the, the fun shout and the DeVito family, the fun shout of yesterday's game. But also that hit going down was crazy. Manny was talking to me. He's like, he definitely tried to sell it. He got knocked out for that, uh, that hit. I was pissed off when, when he got hit like that. But it's a, it's a football play. Um, I do want to touch briefly on this. Again, I keep stalling before getting into Brock Purdy. Uh, the Panthers. Like, it was definitely a headline yesterday because they had nobody in the, in the stadium. And you could get tickets from this game as low as 50 cents to $5 to get in the door to go watch the Carolina Panthers somehow win on a game-winning field goal. Big old Eddie getting the win for them, 9-7 to over the Falcons. Uh, a terrible game for the Falcons to lose. Still in, as surprising as it sounds, the worst division in football, the Falcons still have a shot to win that that division and, and possibly get into the playoffs. Uh, just funny, very funny stuff to see where, where I'm seeing now what 2015 at this time looked like with Cam Newton and, and a sold-out crowd in Carolina. And now we're looking at barely anybody walking in those doors just 20 minutes before kickoff was, was the big headline there for them. I'll say this just in the, in the slightest defense, like it was the worst, it was arguably the worst weather game Correct. in the NFL of, of the year. I mean, it was, it was pissing sideways from an hour before kickoff to hours after kickoff. I mean, it was one of the, it was the weather forecast was, was as bad as it gets. Um, I'm just, I'm kicking myself for not just unloading everything I have on, on this under. I mean, I, I thought it was going to go under. It was, I think it was at 33 and a half. I'm just sitting there comparing it to like, well, you're telling me like that, that Patriots Steelers over under was 30 and a half, and that was good weather. You're going to give me Falcons Panthers at 32 and a half in a, in a, in a rainstorm. I just like, yeah, obviously it's a lot easier to, uh, to, to say that after it goes under, but like, it just, I think if you look at the entire board yesterday and you look at all the outcomes, like that's the one you're sitting here going, why, how do we yeah, miss that? Why didn't I do that? Yeah. yeah, yeah why didn't, why didn't, why didn't I do that? Like just but, scrolling um, past that on Fandle, why the hell did I not click under on that? But yeah, it's, it's never good when uh, you're fresh off uh, drafting your supposedly franchise quarterback at number one overall and in like week 15 you can't fill 25 percent of your stadium that's probably not a good omen for where your team's headed yeah and also i think you you brought up a good point we were weeks ago and we were talking about jordan love and your take on that and 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 their qb room and their qb staff and and able to to develop young quarterbacks and you kind of said a quote that was similar to jordan love sitting behind aaron Rodgers and aaron Rodgers sitting behind brett Favre. same thing here what you were saying with bryce young where maybe if you don't just throw a young kid fresh out of alabama best team in football in college football, to a team that needs help in every single position always and on the team. And now, you know, 2-12, and 12, he's getting banged up, not having good games, and now people are talking about the comparisons of the, the leading into this week that Tommy DeVito, an undrafted guy, has better stats than, than Bryce Young. I mean, I hate especially that when, especially when you had Especially when you had to trade your best weapon even to, to get him. Like, you're, you're, you're coming in and you're giving him Adam Thielen as his number one receiver. Like, yeah. I would like to imagine that DJ Moore would probably be very useful to to, to Bryce Young, right? Maybe even Christian McCaffrey two years ago. Yeah. It's like any any offensive weapon this team has had, they've got they've gotten rid of on whatever journey that they're currently on. And then you have you have Bryce Young with no offensive line. Again, not to make too many excuses, like Bryce Young just uh, situation aside has been horrific. Now I'm not completely I'm not completely out on him. I don't think I, I think the you know the the ship has probably sailed on him turning it around to the point of being a full-blown franchise quarterback like i forget i was listening to some show and they said like if you were to like right now what 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 is bryce Young's ceiling right now and someone was like baker mayfield right now is probably bryce Young's ceiling it's like uh, man that sounds that sounds way too accurate actually <laughs> but again he's been awful but they, they have no line they have no offense there you know frank reich was was abysmal i mean this team was just destined for failure it's just 
when you know, I think if you're a Panthers fan coming into the year, you know you're going to win like three games. At least, at least let the kid like just flash it two or three times, just so, just so you have something to maybe build off of and take into the offseason. And like, it hasn't happened yet. There hasn't been a single game where you've watched him for four straight quarters and went, yeah, that's that's our guy. Well, you briefly touched you briefly touched on Baker Mayfield there. I just want to talk a little bit about him. And can we finally say that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have found their guy after Tom Brady's gone? Baker's turned into a leader. We have Phil Simms talking yesterday on, on CBS in the postgame show saying that this kid has grown out of his, his shell. He has matured. He's developed. Four touchdowns, 381 yards yesterday. And I think they we can confidently say that they have found their guy. And another quick thing on Mike Evans, another touchdown for him, just solidifying a Hall of Fame career, now putting him in, in the tide with, with Devontae Adams all time. And touchdowns, unbelievable. Even though he didn't have a big day, it was all Chris Godwin. In the Chris Godwin, his wife... From both Penn Staters, for for you, Mr. Kenny, Penn State alumni there, uh, his wife week, last week complaining about Chris Godwin's usage, and now he gets 10 catches and 155 yards. A little quick note there. That was a little weird. But he, he gets it done there, and, and the Bucks get a big win there. 7-7, seven and seven, which, again, we, t- we still talk about this NFC, that, NFC South and what this race is going to be for who's going to end up having that, uh, that division crown and who's going to get that home game. I think we can still say probably most likely is going to be the Buccaneers in that situation. Buccaneers. And I do want to now head to uh, to Brock Purdy now and, and just talk about this 49ers game. We saw, obviously, we saw the, the MVP type of game that's in the Dome. Let's also talk about that, too, because Dak was in the weather, in the bad weather. In a Dome in Arizona, he has the four touchdowns, less than 250, but we are not going to let that outweigh what we saw from Christian McCaffrey yesterday. 72 yards receiving and two touchdowns and also 115 on the ground and a touchdown. I want to make note of this too. Christian McCaffrey to score one touchdown yesterday was minus 320. For two touchdowns, he was plus 130. And to put that all into perspective, most guys are plus 130 to score one touchdown. And he had three total yesterday. This guy's crazy. If it wasn't such of a goddamn QB award that I'm never going to stop saying... Christian McCaffrey's your MVP of football. Guaranteed. I think the, the the problem that he faces is that like the the underlying like the underlying stats for Purdy are just are just so good. Like the especially the, the EPA. I feel like, you know, the, the 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 overall like efficiency rating. Purdy's numbers are just so astronomically off the charts. It's hard to discredit him. Now you can make the clear argument of like, yeah, well, his numbers are off the charts and he's so incredibly efficient because he's surrounded by guys like Christian McCaffrey and Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk and all that's true, but you know you're still gonna put the ball in their hands. Like I'm, I'm kind of torn here, man, because like I, 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 w- I want to find a way to discredit the guy because I agree. I, I think, I, I think McCaffrey probably should be the MVP, but it's just not gonna happen. It's, it's gonna, it's gonna go to Purdy, um, and at some point you gotta just tip your cap. I mean, he's, he's doing, he's doing what, doing what he needs to do, and he's like doing it ex- exceptionally well. Just the, the, the numbers, the numbers are what they are. So. Uh, it's it's his award to lose. I think he's sitting like minus two hundred right now. Um, I think other th- other than like you know, the Cowboys winning out and destroying Detroit and like going on some miraculous run here, I I think this is this is Purdy's to lose. And like Purdy just he's he's had a he's had a sizable gap on McCaffrey the entire year. And just with a couple weeks left, I just don't know what scenario would have to happen in order for McCaffrey to to leapfrog him at this point. I don't think it's possible. I think it's in the bag. It's Brock Purdy's. Yeah, like, and McCaffrey's flowers will come in a wave. Like, I hate to say it, but, like, let's say the 49ers win the Super Bowl, then people are finally like, oh, my God, like, look at the impact that McCaffrey has. Like, two years ago, three years ago, we were looking at how long can Debo Samuel play football because he's they're using him as a conventional running back, and you see what Debo Samuel's doing this year. And then same with Ayuk. It's like 
back when Debo Samuel was a running back, Ayuk's the only guy split out wide, and like, he's just getting double teamed and just fully focused. Now you see what he's been doing out in space. So I think Chris McCaffrey's flowers, especially, I mean, usually how it goes for running backs, we're coming in a whole different way. They win, and then everyone's like, oh, yeah, well, if we didn't have this guy, this guy won't be able to use in this way. So, I mean, we see it with McCaffrey, but it'll come in different ways for him. And I think, too, uh, 100%. If, you're, if you're looking statistically for Brock Purdy, and that's what all these awards are going to end up coming down to for the MVP, I mean, right now, and if on CBS tweeting this yesterday, he ranks number one in everything across the board, rating, touchdown, touchdown interception ratio, touchdown per attempt, yards per attempt, completions, wins. I mean, first in everything. So I guess if you're going to look at that statistically, he's going to get it. And I know I, I guess I have to backtrack a little bit from last week where I said the league's fucked if Brock Purdy gets it. I think what most people are doing, including myself, is, and I saw some announcers during the games, calling the games, talking about it yesterday too, just kind of downplaying Brock Purdy because he's that Mr. Irrelevant guy. And I think, at least for me, if he was a, like, I'm not saying top draft pick, but if he wasn't the last fucking pick in the draft and he was putting this up, I still think people would ha be having a better, like, outcome and better analysis or, I guess, take on, on his performance the past two seasons, coming in last year, leading him to 12 straight wins, getting them into the NFC Championship game, obviously getting hurt and getting beat down against the Eagles at, in, in, in the link. But you look at it this year, I, I think we can confidently say they got to be the top top dog of the NFL. it got to be the scariest team. And I'm curious to ask you, if you had to rank your, I don't want to say top three, like top five, if you, if you could, top five teams in the NFL, wh where would you kind of go for that? It's it would be in no particular it'd be San Fran and then below that it's in no particular order Eagles Cowboys. Do you put the Chiefs in there? You got to right. Yeah, I think you got to put. I would go Baltimore first. I think. I think I'd go and Baltimore. I I still think I'm taking the Chiefs. I think I would take Chiefs five. And then make make Miami six. Yeah, I mean it's it, it's tough down the stretch to see that. Um, I mean especially with how like the playoff picture is going to end up going we're going to see the buys and again like as we can kind of move towards tonight's big game and, and if the Eagles can still remain on the top of the uh the NFC East here with the Cowboys loss let's briefly give a little preview here in tonight's game in Seattle the Jalen Hurts Philadelphia Eagles after back-to-back -back bullshit losses for the Eagles in in the gauntlet of the schedule as everyone's been saying we're in Seattle tonight and and what Kenny called last week as the uh, where the, where the Seahawks and the twelfth man smell blood in the water from last week's performance and Jalen Hurts flying separately from the team because he's sick he doesn't want to get anybody else sick that's making me think we all talk about and I told Manny this as we got started we all talk about each week reacting to the Eagles and how they want to establish the run and it doesn't work beat these guys vertically throw the ball downfield and this week with Hurts not feeling too great. I don't think he's going to be doing a lot of out-of-the-pocket movement. I think he's going to be more, if he's going to throw the ball, he's going to sit in the pocket with that offensive line, hopefully make some better decision-making. Uh, but I think it's going to be a rushing game for DeAndre Swift. I have him over in 58, 58.5 rushing yards, and they gets up to 59.5 now. Uh, I'm also taking Swift to score. I'm going to take uh, DK Metcalf for over 61.5 yards because he's a, a eagle killer, and I don't know how you're going to give me 61.5 yards for him, beat him vertically, catch and run. And then uh, I have DK to score. So also, if you're going to parlay... For me, what I'm what I'm what I'm at least doing is DK and Swift to score, which is plus six forty. I think that's great value and great odds for that. I, I I got no problem with that at all. I'm with you. I like Swift. Um, I think you you have to find a way to 
finally established the run a little bit tonight. I mean, just his his overall volume has been abysmal, especially like early in games. I feel like I haven't seen a single first drive where he's getting five or six carries. I think they finally tried to do that tonight. Seattle really can't stop anything. Their run D is bad. Their pass D is bad. I think you have to, regardless of, you know, what kind of shape Hurts is in. I'm going forward assuming he's playing. I feel like they've been leaning to it's it sounds like he's gonna play, but they're really laying it on thick with 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 how sick he is. So maybe we're gonna get, you know, a a, a flu game, if you will. Um, but I think you have to rely on DeAndre Swift tonight. So I'm with you. I, I like his over there. I'm probably gonna mess around with maybe the twenty five rush yards each half. That's sitting at like around one that's sitting around plus one ninety. I'm not I don't know if I'm gonna go near the touchdown just yet because I want to see if Hertz is gonna play. I still think if if Hertz is like if Hertz is objectively very very sick and he's out there gutting it out like they wouldn't play him if they weren't gonna still do the tush push when once they get to if they get down into into the red zone so i still think his touchdown upside is going to be there i was banking on his touchdown price to to trickle down maybe with, with, with some of this news and it just hasn't i mean still sitting at minus 120 if that gets anywhere close to even money you already know what i'm gonna do um and i'm, and I'm hoping that Again, the uh, like the the flu narrative throughout the afternoon maybe pushes that down just a bit, but otherwise, I'm with you once with. I think it just it has to be a DeAndre Swift game uh, on Seattle. I haven't I again I haven't bet a single thing yet, but I, I think like I feel like Smith and Jigba should be in 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 line for a lot of good work tonight too. It's just those quick slants over the middle. I mean, we just like that soft zone we play. It's just we we're, we're food right now on those on those on those quick slants. I mean, everyone every team knows how dominant our D line is and their game plan around that is just get the ball out as fast as humanly possible. And if that's the plan here, then it's going to be a lot of JSN. So I think if I was going to lean anybody on the Seahawks side of the ball, I, I think Smith and Jigba is probably where I'm I would, I would start my build around here, but the line sitting at three and a half. I was, I'll tell you this. I was way more confident on the Eagles like five days ago than I am sitting here, sitting here today. I still think we get it done tonight, but, uh, I'm not going to be hammering, you know, Eagle spread, if you will. I think this could, this this might be one we, we may have we may have to grind out, but I, I I'm confident enough that we we get it done. But um, I just I, I wish I felt I wish I felt a little better here. The only thing I'll say is I know that you know Seahawks might smell blood in the water, but there's blood in the water there too. I mean, it, there's two teams here that are both coming off ass whoopings from Dallas and San Fran. I mean, it's just at that point it's a wash. Yeah, it's kind of it's like what. Well, Thing that really scares me is like the Seahawks playing at home in a bounce back spot, kind of like for pride. I mean, they're still in it, but like really the pride thing for a team like that is just scary. And I really look to see how we can get this late season offense going for Brian Johnson's any adjustments. And it has to be swift tonight with all the things with Jalen Hurts going, but maybe not. Maybe we just sprinkle in some more passes. Hopefully, we see more continuity. One thing I'm really looking out for is that the story with the defense, though. Uh, Patricia, I guess, is taking over. I guess the play con for the side, the side still has the title, quote unquote, but. Um, I mean, if you look at the adjust the halftime adjustments in these last couple of games, besides the games where we've gotten scored on like six and four straight drives, you could make a case that you don't know what's going on in the locker room, but maybe we go in a half and Patricia just snap it on the side and then it becomes really his defense that's being ran out there. So I'm gonna be really interested to see how the defense gets run, I guess, uh, to see if it's really full Patricia. And going down the stretch, I actually before I even get to that, I wonder if it was the side that bad. Or is it a thing where these guys just don't hear him? Like maybe they hear Patricia more because of maybe his tenure in the past. But I mean, he doesn't really. I mean, you could dig into his past outside of the game. He doesn't seem to be. I mean, I, I don't know. But. It's a bold change for a ten-win yeah, team yeah. to make in Week 15, right? Yeah. So I mean, I, I can imagine they do this unless what you know the you know the ownership and the GM like fully fully believe in this, and also they know that the defense is gonna is gonna respond to this. I mean, there was a quote I think from um, from from Byard about how like the players were going to do like their own scouting and they, you know, they were going to take a little more ownership coming into this. And it's just like, yeah, that's, that's all well and good. But like, why do they have to do that? Like what, 
and it, I thought that, that quote from Bayard, who again has been on the team for like five minutes. Weeks, I'm like, yeah. I'm like, if the new guy is already like, yeah, we got to yeah, change yeah. things up. Like that's not that's not very good. Well, I was also we, Manny and I were talking before we got started, and over under at 45 and a half, we were talking about the prime time over where the Lions just blew that out of the water. And Manny had actually said, well, here's your primetime under tonight. Do you have a thought there with the primetime unders that we've seen? we got a Monday night football game tonight. Prime, big primetime game, big spot for both teams, obviously, like you said. 45 and a half, obviously not, not talking in if we're going to bet it or not, but just a, a take on if we think that's going to be the under or if we think we're going to see a lot of scoring like that Thursday night game where Dallas and Seattle both put up a bunch of points. I mean, and we, we, we all know what the data was. Uh, you know, going back a few weeks on what on primetime unders, but I think we've we, we've at least corrected that in recent weeks. The primetime primetime right. games primetime games ha- have have gotten better here. Um, again, I, I want to just sort of follow the the weather report in Seattle. I mean, coming in, it looked like it was it, it could be it could be pretty ugly. I feel like it's it's gotten a little better. I I need to double check the weather there, but I just think like depending on what kind of Jalen Hurts you get, this offense has to go out there and score thirty tonight. We. The one thing that this team just hasn't done this year is like we really haven't beaten the shit out of anybody. You, you go back to you go back to last year, man. I mean, the, like we had our foot on people's throats every 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 single week. I mean, there was blowout potential every week, and we just I, I feel like we've been almost like just too methodical in in how we've approached our offense. So I'm hoping this is a game that we go out there and just slaughter them. So if I again if I had to lean aside, I think I would I would lean the over. I I trust our team to go out there and score some points tonight. And I just I don't know what to make of the 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 new wave Matt Patricia run Philadelphia Eagles defense so I don't have too much of an opinion on, on the total but if I had to go one way I think I, I think I would go the over I'm not going to let the uh, the prime time you know early season prime time under trend talk me off of it yeah and obviously you're 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 I don't even know uh, how heavily favored they are do you know that uh like Eagles money line price and it's uh it's three and a, I think it's three and a half it is yeah three, three and a half and money line so that's what they're 285 I think minus 285 Yo, or something just like that. That, that it's not that bad it's like it's minus minus 190 oh, okay just a thought like I don't know if this could really be a look but I saw Dallas Goddard hanging at 310 and when I watched that game Seahawks played against the Cowboys I Jamal Adams is good and Diggs is pretty good but like they were like going Jake at Ferguson. that matchup, and there was a chippy matchup. They were going at that matchup, and Dallas got to come off that injury. Hasn't I mean, I would love to see Dallas got to get the end zone, get going. Three tens a good price. Three ten is a good price. I might take a look at that. Yeah, hundred yeah, percent. I, I I like that. I like that a whole lot. And uh, last thing before we let you go here, Kenny, is we need some brief thoughts here on our Thursday night shit show. I know it was a couple <laughs> days ago, but you you finally all the hate that you've uh, not even the hate, but just the fact. The facts that you've stated in this Chargers team all year long, the Justin Herbert era, and what Staley has done. Well, now there is finally no more Brandon Staley, 63-21. to They asked him in the press conference after the game, do you think you'll be coaching this this group of guys tomorrow? And he said it's not something that we can talk about right now. we got to just get ready for New England. Uh, What's he going to say? say? Like, Like, no. And you got got Stephen A. Smith on on the day after on – first take just explaining that this guy is not a leader of men he cannot lead a group of guys and he lost that locker room 63 to 21 it was 42 to nothing at half what an unbelievable Thursday game that we all thought including myself I mean I shouldn't even say we all thought but me thought that this game was going to be an absolute shitter I mean under no one's gonna score apparently everybody got in the end zone we see so many defensive touchdowns the Chargers look just so dead and I say it every week five and nine as a record right now after 14 games, does not show how piss poor this team has not only been run and how they actually play. What do you got on this game? I mean, they just, the, the Chargers stink. Uh, if you're a Chargers fan, I think you, you had to watch that game and almost be excited because you're like, okay, 
this is the game that they, they'll finally fire Staley. Because even I'm sure if you're a fan, you've been calling for it now for like the past two years. And it's like, okay, uh, a 40-point ass whooping to the Raiders on primetime. That's got to be the final. That's got to be the straw that breaks the camel's back. And, and, and it was. You talk about losing the locker room. I still believe he lost the locker room when they botched that the tie game against the Raiders that would have that would have put them both uh, that would put them both in the playoffs two years ago. So I think from that point on they could have fired him that night and they waited a year and a half too long and you know you get what you deserve. So uh, the real question is who's now going to go to LA? Uh, is, is Jim Harbaugh? Is it Belichick? Is it Jim Harbaugh? Like, who's I'm I'm very curious to see uh, who who they get here. I mean Chargers ownership is just cheap. I don't see them shelling out the dollars required to go get a name like that, but. But at the same time, you've got a franchise quarterback that has been, you know, not him himself, but like the team around him has been nothing but a disappointment really since since he's entered the league. So I don't know what you do with this team, but uh, man, that that Brandon Staley performance was 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 truly was truly legendary. And it just I love questions like that in the press conference because again, like what? Like, he hey, to hey, to Tom Rinaldi, ESPN. Uh, do you think you'll be the coach of this team next year? Uh, Hey, Tom, thank you for asking. No, I don't know if you saw the score tonight, but we lost by 75. I'm probably getting fired. Like, I think if he said that, his public perception would have, like, skyrocketed. Like, just just embrace it. Be like, nah, man. Be like, I'm I'm chalked. Yeah, I'm done. I'm done. And I think, you know, you bring up the point of of the tie. Uh, A lot of the stuff that I was seeing after the game was when people saying that it stemmed from that, you know, abysmal blowout where they had a 27-point lead against the Jags. And they blew that. And they're all starting to say that it really stemmed from that because what coach is going to allow to blow that lead after halftime to have one half to, to have, you know, Trevor Lawrence and the Jags be able to come back from that. Just unbelievable that we're seeing this. And we have to see poor Easton Stick come out for the Chargers. I mean, I'm seeing all the analogies from uh, from the NHL saying, oh, he picked, he picked the wrong he picked the wrong sport. He should be in the NHL with the Easton Stick. Um, Shout yeah, out just, to Antonio Pierce too, because he was prepped to win this game ninety to nothing. When he ran yes. double pass, the the uh, the announcers didn't like it, but I fucking loved that shit. And just Dude, the I, way you said he should have got shot fired with the Raiders game, like it was almost he was so ready for the cinematic. Like I'm gonna get this motherfucker fired tonight. Shout out to Antonio Pierce because I like that. Dude, shit. Yeah, I I have nothing wrong with what 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 Antonio Pierce nope. did too, because because you know you you've got you look at sort of like the just like the dichotomy of the two coaches here you've got brandon staley on the one sideline who is just essentially watching the clock tick on his coaching tenure with 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 la and then on the other side you have antonio pierce who is fighting to be the the permanent head coach going forward and it's very clear man that team fucking loves him and he needed a, a statement a massive massive statement dub to i think lock himself in he'll be the coach of this team next year he deserves it I thought they were going to go for the record. You know, the, <laughs> the Raiders essentially have they're, – they're playing for nothing other than pride, and they're clearly playing for their coach. They want him to be the coach. And I think the the record for points scored in a game, I believe, I think it was 70 or yeah. – I, I think – did the Dolphins did the Dolphins break that when they – I, I, I think it was 70. I'm pretty sure it's So, like, that was within reach. And when they were – like, they didn't take their foot off the gas. There was one point I think it was like – I, I wish I had it in front of me, but it was it was late. It was either late third quarter, early fourth quarter. They're up by, like, 50, and – First and ten, they threw like a quick pass to Devontae, and they're like, "Whoa, they're still throwing." I'm like, "Dude, they are going for the record." Like again, when you look back on the Raiders' season, they're gonna have like, there's gonna be not gonna be a whole lot to celebrate, but I'm sure the team would have loved, "Hey, we set the record for most points ever scored in a game." You know, you know, you have the Devontae Adams quotes about just you know the per- pursuit of greatness every time he plays. I thought they were gonna go for the record, and I had no problem with it. You've got a guy trying to, you know, one trying to give his team something to just 
you know, a little bit of positive momentum to take forward. And you have a guy that's trying to get himself a permanent coaching job. Well-deserved, good for Antonio Pierce, one of the few cool stories this year. Well, and I wanted you to go there too because I was seeing some rumors on Twitter and the possibility of John Gruden making a return. So I think to yep. both of your points that and, – and not just a return to coaching but a return to to Vegas. And I think it's, it's something to take note of from what you guys are both saying about Antonio Pierce. This was the spot for him to run up the score to prove, like you're saying, that he's the guy. And he said too he had – he was a linebacker's coach. He had a shot to go somewhere else, but he's from the area – and he wants to stay on he's, – he's, he's a player's coach. He relates to these guys. Uh, I'm happy that, you know, what he was saying when he was, you know, first hired, I'm happy that I can work with these guys. I've been working with, the, with this team for a while, and now I have a chance to coach them. I think if they're smart, um, you know, you, you keep what's working. You, 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 like, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And scoring 63 in, in a, a dog shit game that I don't think many people actually gave a shit about was, was special too. So that would be – that's going to be another story in the offseason as well. Um, so that's all we I, got I think for you. I, I, I just I think if you're like if you're Raiders ownership here, if you're sitting here and you're Mark Davis, like I, I think you need you need to retain Antonio Pierce, I think, to at least salvage whatever you have in your current locker room. Like I think you have a I think you have a hard time canning him to bring in John Gruden and like keeping Devontae Adams happy. Like I just I, I don't see it. The team the team has so clearly rallied around this guy, and I think that they've like the, the team has essentially said, This is our coach, don't fuck this up. Well, we got a, a Christmas Day game. The next time we'll be talking to you, Giants and Eagles on Christmas Day as Tommy DeVito is officially going to be dead after. I don't mean actually. I mean from the game and the sacks. Uh, will that be a, a that's going to be that's going to be an ugly that's going to be an ugly one, bro. As we touched on the Giants, they are going to get absolutely stomped on. What a hell of a week, fifteen! Thanks for joining us, CEO and founder of the Moonshot, Kenny McAndrews. Have a great Christmas. Uh, thanks for for always being here throughout this NFL season. Can't wait to talk to you soon. You too, boys. Merry Christmas. Always a pleasure. Go Birds. Oh fuck, man. <laughs> Take care, baby. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we, we bounced around all over. What a, what a great show that was. A lot of great headlines. Got some injuries this week, but that's all that we have for you this week. At the end and the conclusion of week number 15, we have the Monday Night Football game tonight as we are recording on this Monday afternoon. If you did watch this episode on YouTube, make sure to drop a like, comment, and do not forget to hit that subscribe button. And our loyal audio listeners on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, scroll to the bottom, give us those ratings. They do help the show out a lot. And if you want to connect with us on our social media platforms, pretty simple. Head to our Twitter at ADED Podcast. Our Instagram is at ADED Pod. And our TikTok is simply the name of the show. Another great week with Kenny McAndrews. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas from our annual holiday show. You've been listening and watching to the All Day Everyday Show with All Day AJ and Manny Ruffin. Hell of a time. Another week 15 in the books. And now we got Christmas. We'll see you post Christmas. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas. <laughs>